The inquest into the death of Private Sean Benton has heard from some of the key players in his story this past week. After a week's break, the witnesses and the evidence that they have been questioned on felt like it had taken a gear change. Former Sergeant Gavigan took the stand across two days and was asked about the numerous allegations about his behaviour that have been put to the court. He admitted shouting at trainees but denied many other alleged behaviours. It also transpired he's been the subject of online threats or trolling by those who say they served under him at Deep Cut. I'm Kyle Lark, and along with fellow journalist Barry Keevans, we've been listening to the evidence, picking out the key moments, and we're here to bring you the behind-the-scenes look at what's happening in Woking Coroner's Court. This is Deep Cut, the inquest. Well, Barry joins me now. Um, well, it's been a, a pretty busy uh, week or so of evidence in the last uh, few days, hasn't it? Uh, it's been a bit of a break uh, since the last podcast because the, the court had a week off uh, from from sitting. Um, but since it's been back, it's been pretty busy in the court. And um, probably the most significant, if that's the right word, uh, witness of the past week or so has been Sergeant Gavigan, a key figure who has featured numerously throughout this process. Um, now, you were in court when he started giving evidence on Friday. Unfortunately, I couldn't stay for the Friday afternoon session. Now, just sort of give us the the highlights, if you will, of what came out of that. He's certainly the most significant witness that we've had for a while, and I would say he's been the most anticipated as well, the one that most people wanted to hear from. And on Friday, he got a fairly rough time of it from everybody. I mean, the way it usually works with witnesses is that they give their evidence in chief, which is brought out by questions from Bridget Dolan, who's the counsel to, to the inquest and then usually Paul Greeney gets first go at cross-examinations or re-examinations and usually Bridget Dolan is not as robust uh, questioning people as, as uh, the other interested parties representatives might be because well, the idea of an inquest is that everybody is working towards finding out what happened so it's, it's information gathering essentially isn't it it should be seen as, as information gathering so it's not often that people get a particularly hard time when they're in the witness box but well i would say that he probably did but there have been from the other witnesses that we've heard in the preceding what is it now nine weeks there have been allegation after allegation after allegation against him and so it's only right and proper I guess that that those are put to him and put to him in a certain way. Yeah I mean Bridget Dolan took him through I counted 17 different people who were trainees and recruits at the time who um, made numerous allegations and one sergeant one fellow sergeant who also made an allegation as well so yeah he was taken through all of those individually and denied every single one. And how did he seem how did he seem to handle the the level of questioning? He's a very softly spoken man, which is from speaking to other people who've not maybe not been in court as often as as you and I have. The, the, um, that was quite surprising for a lot of people. He's got a, a kind of northeast accent and very softly spoken and and comes across as being quite placid. But uh, there were a couple of couple of hints of what he might be like if he was a bit more excited than he was in the in the box. If, if you got on the wrong side of it. If you got if you got a rise out of him, yeah. And of course, I I guess uh, probably for you as well. You had seen him give evidence previously. We we both had at, at Cheryl James's inquest, hadn't we? So I guess there were there were a number of uh, members of of the media in court on Friday, particularly to see his evidence, who maybe hadn't seen him 
uh, give evidence previously and so uh, that that might explain their surprise yeah and a few more on monday as well and um yeah i mean i think I, i'm not sure what people were expecting but as as you say you're quite right we knew what we were, what was coming because we'd both seen him before but he continued his evidence on um, monday and Really, the bulk of it was explaining what a remarkable military career he had had and what a good record he had uh, within the army and the the high number of glowing reports that are on his or were on his army record, which, again, I think was a a surprise to some people that that were in court and and to some maybe felt at odds with with what they had expected and the image of him that has i was going to say been created but that's that's maybe the wrong phrase so it's um, maybe grown over time yeah but, i mean yeah uh, the, the image that, that that people have yeah i mean the, the glowing cv and the extensive military record is something that i mean this is a job for the coroner but it's something that he'll have to to try and reconcile with the accounts of as i say i counted 17 people who who say very different things about him and it was interesting actually on on monday in court because gavigan did say that essentially sort of conceded that deep cut made him behave in a certain way and that he hadn't used that style of leadership, I think was maybe the phrase, uh, you know, anywhere else, hadn't needed to, hadn't used it anywhere else uh, within his army career when he had been based, you know, with the infantry or latterly with the, the welfare units and, and what have you. And it was it was that Deep Cut had and the pressures, uh, we know, you know, it's been extensively talked about the staffing issues and the budgetary constraints and the high number of, of turnover, the high number of trainees that were that were at the camp and he he essentially sort of said it was it was deep cut that made me behave differently to how I had managed previously. Yeah, which is another example of how that place has affected people. Yeah, he was saying that he had to behave in a certain way because he had so many people to look after. It was pointed And he out. did say that it had surprised him because uh, he has I mean he has been in court to hear almost all if not all of the allegations that have been made against him in court. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a really interesting aspect to all of this. I mean again it's it's a peculiar well not a peculiarity but it's it's a fact of a, of an inquest that that people are able to sit and listen to everything whether they're witnesses or not. Yeah, he's spent an awful lot of time in court and, and heard an awful lot of the the uh, allegations made against him at first hand. It does make you question whether or not that's a, that's a good idea when that then becomes part of the evidence that he's giving, you know, and because because we criticise that or we, we think that that might be a problem with, with um, other witnesses too, so... But, I, think, I mean, I say the coroner will have to weigh up the various accounts from people who were young stirs there against his um, Mr Gavigan's glowing CV and all and the, the coroner himself did point out that, that the other troop sergeant didn't feel the need to have an alter ego and just uh, a, a sort of quick look I guess really in terms of the other witnesses some of the, the key witnesses that were heard last week Terry Lewis she was a, a lance corporal at the time and was confidant I guess at times of Sean in some respects what did you make of what we learned from her it was an interesting lesson yeah I mean she was another one who got a fairly hard time because she has come up with a few different versions of events over the years and has featured prominently in TV films. Various programmes, yeah. yeah. She was in Panorama and Frontline Scotland programme and, and various others and, and newspaper articles, yeah. So um, she was criticised 
for that really wasn't she and, and Nicholas Moss QC for the MOD accused her quite strongly at the end of embellishing and telling lies didn't he and, and she refuted that she said you know that wasn't the case that maybe some things had got muddled with the passage of time I mean you know it is 23 years ago but she came under quite strong criticism yeah and one thing I thought was quite interesting about what she said was that she was talking about doing the TV films and she said that she refused payment for to appear in any of these things because she didn't want that to taint her evidence if it ever came to um, another inquest like this that's fair enough but doubt very much the bbc or channel 4 would ever have offered her any money tv just doesn't do that and especially not the bbc and we also heard from uh, lieutenant radford uh, as he was at the time um who again had had a, a number of of allegations uh, made against him in court claimed that he had a, a welfare role within deep cut and we've heard at various other points i think throughout the inquest uh, that welfare was not a top priority or certainly not dealt with in in the way that it should have been but he was convinced that welfare had been a high priority on his workload yeah he was fairly confident in what he was saying as well but he, but he got a fairly rough time of it too i mean there are a couple of fairly glaring errors in what he had to say and he wasn't that hot on some of the details but yeah well yeah i mean there's there's an incident in the, that allegedly happened in a pub in camberley wasn't there and sean had allegedly made threats against terry lewis not too long before he died and lieutenant radford had said that he had been at the pub with a sergeant and and yet sergeant stevens is very clear that he was in fact not anywhere near this pub at the time and he found it rather easy to remember that he wasn't at the pub because it was just after his wedding and he was on his honeymoon yeah so i started stevens saying that as well he was he was pretty adamant so yeah it's been an interesting week and it feels in a sense as though the inquest and certainly the questioning of individuals has taken a, a slight gear change in a sense don't you think and we also heard um in the past week also from um from major gascoigne and now lieutenant colonel who was the oc of b squadron at the time and he said that he was not in any way um, aware of uh, the way that, that Sergeant Gavigan was um, behaving at the time, that he wouldn't have um, condoned it, he wouldn't have put up with it, he, it was not an acceptable way to behave. But one one sort of interesting thing that he, he did tell the court um, was that when he, I believe, was the one who, who initially put Sean on his three-month order and was then one of those key in, in the decision of the fact that he was going to be discharged from the army. And he said that, that Sean had said he had nowhere to go and that he didn't know what he would do. And this was this was essentially really just hours before he died. It was the first time we'd sort of heard that he apparently felt that he really had nowhere else to go. Mr Gascoigne was very clear that Sean knew he was being discharged and sent home the very next day and that, you know, he was going off to see his family despite the fact that he had apparently said that he didn't have anywhere to go and, and didn't feel that he could get home. Um, I think it's been said before to court that he, he had apparently said that he didn't feel he could go home a failure and had been keen to stay in the army. Well, that's in, the, in one of the notes as well. These last hours are, again, something for the coroner to decide, but to say there'd be conflicting accounts is, is maybe a bit strong, but there are certainly, there are certainly discrepancies between what people remember. And I think a lot of what the, the coroner is going to concentrate on when he comes back with his conclusions is going to be the whole question of, well, fair 
and compliance and how seriously these things are taken and and what steps can be taken to improve. But that's all kind of a bit after the fact because this is all 23 years ago. So And it does sound, I mean, we know that Sean was sent for a, a psychiatric assessment and it, it sounds as though when he came back from that and, and had been told that there was nothing diagnosably wrong with him, that he was then treated differently within the camp and that and that maybe his his treatment then by certain senior members of of the team there he he was maybe singled out more it was where he may have been cut a bit of slack previously the evidence does appear to suggest that that may be changed once um this psychiatric assessment had been done it was mr radford who said it as well he said that that the leeway was then non-existent that is how he put it so things change um again slightly this week in terms of the evidence that the coroner will be hearing um we get to the science of it all at last for the, for the last couple of days um so who can we who can we expect that what can we uh, what can we maybe expect to uncover in the next few days before the uh, the easter break tuesday and wednesday will be all science so uh, and those are the last two days before we have the break uh, and first up will be bka which is the uh, german ballistics experts who were called in to reevaluate the uh, all four deaths and then we also have handwriting expert as well as a, a psychiatrist so there'll be psychiatric evidence as well or psychiatric opinions and also we'll have pathology and uh, that's from Dr Rouse and Dr Crane or Professor Crane I think he is and we'll have Nat Carey live we'll also have uh, a real live SAAT in court as well and then that's it for a, a number of weeks isn't it so we will uh, we will endeavour to update uh, the, the podcast uh, on around or shortly after the Easter weekend and then it's a break until May yeah um, I think we'll certainly have um, something to talk about next week because there's another there's another there's another date coming up next week which we which we need to be aware of but we can talk about that later and then back on it's either may the first or the second i can't remember back in may um for a couple of uh, quite important witnesses in may and then we'll go away again all of us for a, a few weeks while the coroner uh, writes up his report makes his conclusions and then uh, and then we come back in in june yeah we'll get conclusions at the end of june and there's maybe one more thing to mention this week and that is that the barrister who looks after uh, sergeant gavigan or mr gavigan he brought up something that uh, surfaced online at the end of his evidence today which is something that i would guess we would all have thought was inevitable but yes i guess in in, in the social media world in which we all now live there have been certain uh, i don't know if threats is is too strong a word but there have been suggestions maybe of an encouragement maybe of of somehow of how some people may want to respond to Mr Gavigan, what some people uh, may want to do. Many of those who have commented claim to have served at Deep Cut and, and have known him uh, at, at around the time that uh, that Sean Benton was there. So what did Mr Gibbs um, particularly say about that? Well, he wanted to speak to counsel to the inquest before doing anything, but he was certainly taking it very seriously. 
I don't know what the what action, if any, the, the coroner will take. I doubt he'll do anything, but it might not be a matter for him anyway. It could be it, it could be something that happens, but I'd possibly not. It depends on how seriously people take it. I'd say, and, and I thought I certainly thought it would happen earlier than this, so I'm not surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen again, especially when we start to get uh, well once we've got the conclusions. But we shall see. Thanks, Lutbritis. Thanks. Well, the inquest will break before Good Friday and won't sit again until early May. We'll update the podcast as soon as we can to bring you all the key moments from the scientific evidence. Do follow us to keep up to date on all that's happening in the Sean Benton inquest at Woking Coroner's Court. Deep Cut, The Inquest.